and thanks for joining us now on KVCR for KVC Arts, arts and entertainment, as well as the people and places providing it. I'm David Fleming. This edition of the program will continue my conversation with Amy Robbins, an artist primarily as a woodworker, but also branching off into welding and continuing this wonderful exploration of rescued wood, as I think of it. She makes incredible pieces, sometimes sculptures, out of the burl section of a tree or bush, or you might find the absolute base of a small tree, but cut thin and polished so that what might have been seen as flaws now stand out as features. There are also stones, as she calls them, small pieces of wood with intricate veins and grains ready to be pendants or stacked. As we go through this conversation, I invite you to check out Amy's work at etsy.com shop slash Phoebe's Forest. No apostrophe mark with Phoebe's Forest. Etsy.com shop slash Phoebe's Forest or on Instagram at wood and heart. That is wood, the letter N, heart, as in a deer, H-A-R-T, dot Phoebe's Forest. So again, wood and heart dot Phoebe's Forest. But now to paint a picture of her works, if you're not able to go see them right now, really have to overlap just slightly with what we heard last week. With some of your work, it's very much a tactile experience, okay? So, yeah, yeah, you can look at it. It's pretty great. But you also... You want to touch it. You want to run your hands over it, not only exploring the smooth, but then there's all these rough parts as well, whether it's an old burned out area or, you know, who knows, just something jagged that belonged in the finished piece. When you were starting to do this, you know, uh, one way that you could look at this is sanding something down, but not going all the way with it. You know, maybe a poor comparison would be... (laughs) When you're peeling a potato, okay, you go right over it, but then there's the parts that are still a little bit pitted, and there's still a part remaining as you uh, smooth out the other areas. This is what's happening with the wood pieces as well. So, again, I guess, how did this kind of thing start, where you were were you actually trying to sand something down, and then, before you were finished, decided, oh, well, no, gosh, that's cool. I, I, I need to stop there. That's usually how it works. A lot of times, though, I, I do see things in the wood pieces that I'd like to keep as raw and natural as possible. Mm-hmm. And I, I love contrast. So you may see a few pieces where it's completely smooth, and then all of a sudden it's like, wow, what is that? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's in its natural state. And it's just exciting to me to do different things and not have things so perfect and polished all the time though the areas that are sanded are perfectly polished and smooth and and delightful to touch actually um i don't know if you if anyone's ever struggled with perfectionism Mm. something really exciting about (laughs) being able to to break free of that and you know the anxiety that comes along with perfectionism and take things 
almost to the finish line too, but not complete it. Right. It's, it's very satisfying and it's very, it's very freeing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's a, <laughs> when making art, it's really sometimes the tough point is knowing when to stop. And sometimes mm-hmm. it's, it's easily at the, quote, unfinished stage. So that's just something that I really appreciate about the pieces that I've seen. And I think some of these birds on the logs that I was referring to earlier, those may have been some of those pieces where it's very sanded and polished even, but then there are these uh, pits, that, that negative pit word. The, we decided mm-hmm. to call it a beautiful recess instead of a beautiful Perfect. recessed area. Mm-hmm. Okay, so... So that's, uh, I guess, an example there that people can find at etsy.com slash shop slash Phoebe's Forest. Now, there's a piece that I saw, Amy, I believe it was in the sold section, which I, I'm reading as too late. I can't have that piece. It, uh, but, <laughs> you know, it's a piece that I think was called Fire Dragon or maybe Dragon's Fire. You know the piece I'm talking about? Oh. Oh, I, I do. It's, a, it's actually Dragon Kite. Dra- okay, that's it. Okay, so it really caught my eye. And this is really, it's a, it's a burl slice. It's a, it's a, you know, a cross-section slice of a, of a burl or base area. Uh, but what I really wonder about, I suspect this was something which you saw in the piece of wood. It was already there, and so you just recognized it as such and then polished it and, and named it as such. Uh, is this always the case, or are you ever carving in a specific design? Well, I guess we did just mention the birds, but with some of these more random things like the burl pieces that we keep going back to, are you ever going in with an intentional design, or is it always a case of... Let's let that wooden piece tell us what it wants to be. <laughs> I, th- I think it's half and half, actually. Some pieces, I can see in my mind what they'll look like when they're finished. Mm-hmm. And then others, they completely dictate what they're going to be. <laughs> I mean, you can take sure. a piece and, and wish for it to be a, a vase or a candle holder or what have you, and and the wood will say, no, mm-hmm. I've decided already I'd like to be a small jewelry piece, and you have to go with it. But a lot of these things, just as I'm carving, and you're having to work around so many things in the wood, you know, you're, you're working, I call them critter trails. Mm. You know, Manzanita is notorious for the worms and, and bugs that live in the wood, and you really have to work around these critter trails because they're not very attractive. <laughs> and so that gives way to a completely different piece or a, a way of transforming it into something that you hadn't really thought of or imagined before. And so many people, if they're going for a vase, what do you do when that thing splits in two? You know, you're really fighting the <laughs> the urge to just chuck it across the road and hope that there are no cars coming. Um, <laughs> but you at least will then recognize, okay, fine, what else can this be? Yeah, that's almost, I have this written down somewhere, but I don't know where it is. I'll just improvise it. I'm wondering about a case of any happy accidents. And I'd like to hear, actually, of one or two or three happy accidents you know it's the bob ross equivalent of 3d art here oh sure i have a lot of happy accidents and most of them involve it's kind of funny people always assume that chainsaws are so dangerous and Mm -hmm. yet it's the simple things in or around your workspace that are often 
very dangerous, such as power cords oh, yeah. and animals and different things. You wouldn't believe how many pieces I have launched after tripping over a power cord <laughs> and pieces I've launched off of the sanders into the snow, what have you. Um, one of the most interesting happy accidents is a jewelry piece that I was working on and it shot off of my belt sander and into the snow <laughs> and I wasn't able to find it for a couple weeks. <laughs> and when, when the snow finally melted and I found this piece, it had been somewhat buried in the mud and it had apparently been around some sort of fungus and mm. it caused the oak piece to turn these beautiful colors mm. <laughs> and it was pretty exciting so I just let it dry out and I finished it and it was good to go but I have broken quite a few pieces I've actually dropped a few vases and things in the storage space that we have my husband and I have and it has a concrete floor, so Ooh. there's basically no surviving things <laughs> yeah. like that. Oh. There have been a few happy accidents here and there. Okay. You know, some of the other accident sort of things that I've had as well, well, there are really more accidents, but I super glued myself to a variety of things <laughs> while I've been working. Axe handles, oh. jewelry pieces. I mean, you name it, really. When you're doing old school inlay work with GA glue, it's, it's a common occurrence. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I have no response to that. I, <laughs> that's just, <laughs> wow. I, I, okay, because I, I can picture it. You know, I've done a lot of delicate work as well as, you know, uh, splitting wood. So I can see easily accidentally gluing myself to some small, fine chain or something like that. I'm having a harder time wrapping myself around the idea of gluing myself to an axe handle or something like that, if it's not a Halloween thing, that is. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> wow. Tell us what a gourdkin is. This is, I think, your term, but tell us what a gourdkin is, please. Oh, sure. I'd love to, David. A gorkin is an interesting little creation I came up with last year, though I hadn't called it a gorkin yet. It's really a pumpkin gourd piece, kind of my way of showing off these tiny little burl pieces that I've collected that don't really make a good vase. They don't really make good slices. And what I've done is I've taken the burl, typically root burl, sanded it down into kind of a pumpkin or gourd shape. And then I've added a tiny manzanita branch to the top, you know, leveled both the top of the gourdkin or the burl piece and the manzanita branch. And then no matter how small the manzanita branch, I still drill a hole in through the manzanita branch into the gourd to stabilize a steel rod in the piece so that it's secure. They're just fun little pieces around Halloween and Thanksgiving. However, they have become sort of popular in my shop, so I've decided that I'm going to keep them year-round. So oh, Gordkin yeah. is a pumpkin gourd. Okay, okay, Gordkin. <laughs> there we go. Thank you for explaining the stem piece. You know, just seeing them at your site, I wasn't sure if that was really the actual stick or a piece of wood that would have been coming out of the burl section anyway, so... 
thank you on that. Oh. Again, so we're speaking with Amy Robbins and the site where you can see this work that we're speaking all around. It really deserves a visit or two or five or 18. Etsy.com slash shop slash Phoebe's Forest. And that's, again, without the apostrophe. So it's P-H-O-E-B-E-S. F-O-R-E-S-T, one word there. Now, another one of your items, you have a lot of wooden, quote, stones. Now, if you would describe what this is, and then the variety of ways that these have become different types of art, some by themselves in different fashions, and some, oh, assembled, for lack of a better way of saying it, with other pieces of yours. So let's talk about these stones. Oh, sure, I'd love to. The stones that I offer in my shop and that I've shown on Instagram, they're wood pieces that I haven't really been able to figure out another purpose for, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I've sanded them smooth, turned them into single stones. People can stack. Some people like to carry them in their pocket for tactile, calming sense. Some people have them stacked in their office or on a shelf somewhere in a bedroom. It's another way of showcasing all of the different colors and burls we have here on our mountains. Since everything, all of the wood pieces and burls I work with, I secured myself. And so it's just a fun way of showing off all of this beauty in nature. And people have said that they're just so calm and peaceful to look at. And recently... Since I've been adding pieces that they're segmented, if you look at them, and taking small pieces and attaching them to larger pieces with steel rods. You know, everything in my shop has been secured with steel rods if it's a fabricated piece. But it's been really fun to do these rock cairns with these wooden stones and secure them. So that people aren't, I'm accident prone. (laughs) And I've tried to maintain one of these small stacked unsecured cairns in my home space. And it gets knocked over by the cat, the dog, whack it with their tail. And I'm, so I'm constantly knocking them over. So I thought, that's perfect. I'm going to go ahead and secure these. And people can have them displayed and not have to worry about them being knocked over. Excellent. Okay. Yeah. You're listening to KVC Arts. I'm David Fleming in conversation once again with Amy Robbins, primarily a woodworker, though soon to be branching out. More at Etsy.com slash shop slash Phoebe's Forest. And more with Amy as KVC Arts continues. I'm David Fleming. Many past programs can be found through iTunes, NPR One, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. And most past shows are at kvcrnews.org slash arts. Let's go back now to local artist Amy Robbins, a woodworker and sculptor, creating pieces in sometimes unconventional ways 
and sometimes creating pieces from unconventional pieces of wood. Now, there's something else uh, that shows up on uh, in uh, there's something else that shows up in your pieces, and that is burns, and I mean something that which is charred. I, I take it these are left over from burns, prescribed or not. Um, but I guess my question is, do you ever burn something yourself? Uh, I mean, once it's back in your shop, uh, do you do that? Or again, are we uh, are we going back to the notion that we discussed before? That is, you see, you see what the wood is presenting to you. You're not really creating as much with the. Mm-hmm. Hmm, the focused, uh, small focus prescribed burn on a piece of wood. Right. Most of the pieces that I find and work with have, have already been involved in a prescribed burn. Okay. And it's, it's amazing how the root burls are able to survive that and are still viable in working with. I do, however, on occasion, one of my favorite things to do is, take out the torch and actually torch things such as signs. I've done a few, you know, large scale cedar wood signs and I love burning the edges of those pieces, but I do not typically burn my own work. There are sometimes I, I will burn a piece if I need to secure a steel rod in an area where I can't necessarily, I have a little secret <laughs> in in terms of how I secure the steel rods, and it does involve heat. Okay. So if it's not something <laughs> that I'm able to to put in the oven to get up to that right temperature so that I can secure that steel rod, I may torch a little piece of it just so that I can set the steel rod. But I usually go back and sand the piece over so that you can't see that torched area. Okay. (laughs) We mentioned the steel rods, and this is not necessarily connected, although it may be. I understand you are now welding as well. You're exploring metal. Okay, so are there going to be metal sculptures in the works in the future as well then? Is this a new direction or refining what you had started at some point? What is this for you, welding? Welding is new. I actually learned how to weld last year. My husband taught me and is still teaching me. He's an expert in the field, and he's also letting me use a lot of his or not, (laughs) the steel rods that he has on hand for different projects. And the one thing that I'm really excited about with welding is that I can now create some larger pieces where I'm combining wood and steel. And there are some tricky things that I still need to figure out how to work around in terms of sealing the pieces, you know, wood and steel sealed differently. It's going to be a kind of an interesting process, but I have so many sketches, so many ideas, and I can't wait to make that happen. It's been a little bit tricky here up in the mountains. We had quite the monsoon season, yes. as you know, this yes. past summer. Oh, yes. And then we have our high winds and our fire watches and being real careful of everything that's going on. I haven't been able to invest a lot of time into welding. However, now that it's winter, I'm excited to be able to set some time aside for that specifically. And I can't wait to share with everybody what I'm working on. And 
something about combining wood and steel that is just so exciting to me. And it's just aesthetically so pleasing. And there really isn't a whole lot out there in terms of creative pieces that involve steel and burls. So it's exciting. No, that's right. Now, something else exciting that you are producing, it seems you are, uh, okay, so we've got the wood pieces, we're now leaning in the world of welding as well, also peanut butter suet logs, so. Ah! <laughs> Busted, right? Yeah. Is this something you're making and selling, or is this just because you're up there and you love the birds? I love the birds. Okay, okay. See, that's something that, and I actually have kind of an interesting story that revolves around the birds and Excellent. peanut butter suet and, and those different things. Before my husband and I moved to the mountains, we were living in Riverside. Okay. And I was actually working in healthcare management and on call 24-7. It was a crazy lifestyle. Loved my work. Loved helping the folks that I worked with. And all of a sudden, i having these mobility challenges and mm. significant pain in my spine and joints and dislocating things. And it was just really bizarre. We ended up moving to the mountains. My dad passed away. It was just a heartbreaking time. Mm. I was experiencing loss of function, mobility, insane. We moved up to the mountains. We actually purchased a one-level house so that I could get around a lot easier. And it was really trying time and just being heartbroken from losing my dad. The birds, (laughs) they were... They were a lifesaver for me because really there was not a lot I could do, especially up in the wintertime with this undiagnosed medical condition. And I watched the birds, darn it. I made them peanut butter suet. We figured out ways to rig these suet logs around the yard so that the bears and the coyotes couldn't get to them. And they kind of kept me sane. So to this day, I still feed the birds and talk to the birds, and I call them to the theater in the morning and the evening by all of their names. You know, come on, Night Hat, come on, Stellar's Day, <laughs> come on, <laughs> Bluebirds, it's dinner time. You know, I'm sure our neighbors love it, but the birds have just been a, a great source of relaxation and have been my constant little buddies. Beautiful. And a side note, thank goodness, for the Department of Rheumatology at Loma Linda. And my doctor, Dr. Downey, was so persistent. She found the right immunosuppressant for me and was able to get this under control. So I'm living more of a normal life now, and I have my mobility back. And <laughs> You're wielding a chainsaw. I am. And I, when we first moved up here, I wasn't even able to pick up a chainsaw. I couldn't start one. I was not able to do really much of anything. (laughs) So it's been quite the transformation, and wood has been incredibly healing. You know, the whole creative process in making is very healing. But wood, there's just something really special about it. Yeah. In ways, it's forgiving. In ways, it provides 
I mean, working in backstage theater shop for years, I used to just love seeing, really, anytime I'm cutting something mm -hmm. down to any other size, I'm usually captivated by the wood grain or the knot mm -hmm. in the wood that is a pain in the butt for some people, but now I'm loving the beauty <laughs> of it. So at least I can appreciate this, and I'm sure there are so many people out there that would be drawn to this as well. Let me ask, beyond the Etsy page and the Instagram sites, you do show up at craft fairs here and there, but is there any way to know when and where, or do we just have to get lucky? <laughs> I do show up to craft fairs here and there. It's been a little bit of a tough season with the continuing COVID and flu. When you're on immunosuppressants, you don't mingle too much with the public. My husband does all of our grocery shopping and different things. So as soon as things simmer down a bit, I would like to get back out there. I really enjoy interacting with people and teaching people about wood and about the process. And as soon as I'm able to do that, I will announce these different locations or events on my Instagram and I have decided that I'll also list the events and locations within my Etsy shop as well. Good. So people can come visit me. Excellent. This was a joy. I really appreciate this happening. I'm an artist and I appreciate seeing wonderful, unique items. And that is what I discovered with you and your Etsy page. And I really can't wait to see more. Like, I'm going to be going yeah. back to your Etsy page, not because I need to research for an interview, <laughs> but because oh. uh, the joy of it. It's, you know, looking at any other kind of catalog of things that you enjoy seeing or maybe wanting. I appreciate your time and I appreciate what you're doing. And I can't wait to actually get my hands on it myself. Thank you so much, David. I really appreciate that. And if I could do a quick shout out. Absolutely. <laughs> My mom has been a great encouragement to me during, you know, the opening of my shop. And she's the person behind the scene who proofreads all of my listings. She has such a great eye for design and detail. She helps me with my pricing and marketing. And she's seen a lot of really ugly things that I've made in the past over, mm -hmm. the, over the years. And she you know, oh, honey, it's, it's really pretty. I, I think people will like it. And plus, it's different. <laughs> and oh, it has such neat green. She's a little bit more honest now these days. She, she may come right out and say, honey, it's not real attractive. <laughs> but you can go ahead and list it if you want to. <laughs> but I, I do, my mom has been incredible, and I'm just so appreciative of her support and encouragement, and my husband, Alfred, as well. I'd said that if anything had to be cut for time, that shout-out would remain. That was Amy Robbins. You can see Amy's work on Instagram at woodnheart.phoebesforest. No apostrophe mark with Phoebe's Forest. And that's wood, the letter N, then H-A-R-T forest, And once again, you can see and purchase her works at etsy.com slash shop slash forest. And again, if you're wanting to create pieces like this, try Amy's other site, etsy.com slash shop slash PF Makers Supply. PF as in Phoebe's Forest, PF Makers Supplies. <music>
we wrap this edition of the program. Thanks again to Amy Robbins and KVCR's Shireen Awad for arranging this one. Also at KVCR, thanks to Lillian Vasquez and Rick Dulock. Many past KVCRs can be found through iTunes, NPR One, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. And most past shows are kvcrnews.org slash arts. Music beds and themes heard on KVCR is composed and performed by Sean Longstreet. So thanks to Sean as well. I'm David Fleming. Thanks especially to you for listening and for your support. Mm-hmm.